Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network for this Wednesday, October the 20th. We thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio today is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. It, I think that phrase has been copyrighted. Copyrighted. Yeah, I put quotation. By another Fred. Quotation. <laughs> That's right. Very good, Tim. Very good. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, Chris Woodward is here too. Good right? morning. Thank you for having me again. Um, yeah, Fred uh, Rogers. Yeah, made that expression popular. That was that was in my uh, growing up. Yes, and years. also made the cardigan very popular too. I have one. Yeah. Uh, my kids, my kids, cardigan. Made fun of me when I, yeah, really, mm-hmm. yeah. I got it for a gift or couple, you know, Christmas or something one year. <laughs> yeah, you take off those. Uh, Take off his shoes and put on his, uh, I don't know what they call those things. House shoes, slippers, whatever. Well, they were, they, no, they're, I think they were like, like tennis shoes, tennis ah. shoes that we, anyway, I don't think this conversation is going anywhere. <laughs> I think we need to just move on here. Would uh, you like to be my neighbor? I, 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 was, I was just reminiscing about the, we're going to go visit the mailman later yeah. and there's going to be a puppet show. <laughs> People Somebody, on Facebook will love it. And Mailman Joe is going to stop by today, children. That's right. Know if his name and we'll check and see if he has a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> well, he works for PBS. He probably does. So, saw another, so another mask wearer in their car this morning by themselves. I, honestly, I, I did. I know. Huh? I know. And I'm just, you know, I want to pull him over for a citizen's arrest. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, just to get him on camera. Yeah. On. What are you thinking? I've been thinking about this. Are you going to poison yourself? I'm going to make a sign for my car, and when yeah. I see them, I'm going to put up in the window. Why? <laughs> I just, I Why? Just, you know, if you want to wear a mask out maybe in public somewhere, yeah. you know, knock yourself out. But in your car by yourself? All by yourself. Driving down the road? Uh-uh. Huh? Uh-uh. Uh, all right, so... Frank Turek, Dr. Frank Turek, will be with us at the bottom of the hour. So we'll get an interesting question from Frank, I'm sure, and then we'll talk about it. And Steve Jordahl will be along at 11.05 Central Time, like in 57 minutes or whenever that is. Chris Woodward, uh, what's leading the new year, Fred? Somebody pitch a news story to Well, us. you know, it, it almost sounds like I beat the drum on this every day, but this here is a program called Today's Issues, and a big issue going on in today's uh, world involves COVID. But mm. uh, this story is not necessarily about uh, you got to get a shot and you got to do this or that. Uh, this story involves In-N-Out Burger. Uh, the restaurant chain that's based in the uh, California area. They've got a few locations outside the state of California. Uh, And one of their locations in San Francisco is making headlines today uh, for not complying with San Francisco's mandate that uh, customers have to be vaccinated and that the restaurant has to check to make sure the customers are vaccinated. And this particular location of In-N-Out Burger in uh, San Francisco said, we're not the vaccination police, San Francisco. 
And now San Francisco has shut the burger spot down. Are you serious? Yes. Yep. Now, In-N-Out burgers, I've never had one, but uh, people rave about them. Yeah. They're supposed to be really good. If if there was one in this town, I'd go there for lunch today. Okay. They're that just, good. Just to praise them. Uh, they're not putting up with this nonsense. And they're saying we're not the police. And what they meant by that, you expect us to stand by the door of our restaurant and check people for a vaccination before they come in and order their burger. And they said enough. They they shut down. The people in San Francisco shut down one location, mm-hmm. Fisherman's Wharf location, yesterday. Now, my understanding, I think, has uh, it has actually reopened, uh, but without indoor <laughs> dining. So that was the concession that they made. But this is how ridiculous it is <clears throat> that you are expected as a restaurant to check the vaccination status mm-hmm. of your customers. Aren't they doing that in New York? Are they doing that in New York too? They are. But New uh, San Francisco's policies are more draconian than New York City's because Bill de Blasio, when he announced his mandate, he just wanted somebody <laughs> to get a shot. San Francisco actually wants you to be fully vaccinated and probably wear a mask on top of having so, your stuff So checked. now if you apply for a job at In-N-Out or any restaurant in San Francisco proper, you not only uh, got to say you know how to cook mm-hmm. or, you, or you're willing to learn how to be a server. Right. You got to say also I, 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 I'm, I'm available to be a, a vaccine policeman Yeah. Uh, as well. Right? Yeah. Crazy. Are you serious? It's crazy. Uh, well, let's face it. San Francisco is just whacked out. It is. I mean, they have rampant homelessness. They have a really bad drug problem. Uh, they have crime. And Wal- then you're worried about the internet burger. Yeah, Walgreens is, is shutting down right. outlets all over the place because you're allowed to steal up to $900 from a right. store. I've always wondered about that rule. Okay, so... You can take all the stuff you want out of stores in San Francisco as long as you don't pass the $1,000 threshold. Yep. yep. I'm wanting to know, do they have people standing out in the parking lot going, if you don't mind, come over here. we got to see the value of your product you've just shoplifted. They don't even and we can, stop So, them. So my question then is, how do you know? Do you call the cops and go, you know, I think he went over the $1,000 mark <laughs> here. You might want to come down here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he had some home medical equipment. Hey, sir, you're going to have to put one of those things back over there. Uh, or, or, you know, <laughs> to get it under thousand dollars. Yeah, put that Snickers back. Right, it just went over. Right, that's just that. This is where this is kind of the in kind of insanity mm-hmm. that quote progressive politics leads to. Yes, right. this it's is crazy. what uh, this is what it leads to. This is where you end up. You end up being San Francisco. I was talking to a a couple I met the other day, uh, just out and about town, and they had moved to uh, Tupelo mm-hmm. recently from the San Francisco area. Mm-hmm. They had family back here, and they said it is. They said they've just verified. They said it is getting. They said it's, San Francisco is one of the prettiest cities in all of America, as far as you know the 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 scenery and the Golden Gate Bridge and and just the setting there on the bay. They said, but man, you drive downtown, drive around, it's just yeah. uh, homelessness, as you said, out of control. Mm-hmm. They went into some other. Uh, unseemly matters that would yeah. gross everybody out if I talked about them. Mm-hmm. I think we all know what I'm yes. uh, mentioning here that are going on all around the city. And it's just, it's just, they said it's just a shame mm-hmm. to watch what's happening there. But that's where uh, the, uh, again, that's where the uh, quote progressive 
politics. I, I say quote because Abe calls them regressive. Mm-hmm. That's where that's this is they're they're on the fast track to self destruction. Yeah. That's what's going on there. Yeah. Would you if you were planning a uh, convention, for mm. example, for your company, would you even consider San Francisco now? Never. Huh? Never. Chicago either. Chicago is about to lose what a third of their police force. Over yeah. three thousand police officers at the moment, according to their union. Uh, they are refusing uh, to take the vaccine. They're not going. There's a rebellion that's building across this country. Yeah. Some teachers, healthcare workers, police officers, firefighters, uh, restaurant workers. They've had enough of this. Yeah. We're not going to do this anymore. And right. of course, not to mention, as soon as this OSHA thing, Joe Biden's OSHA thing, that we're going to punish employers that have more than 100 employees if they're not vaccinated because if you have under 100 employees you don't spread the virus that's right, right. the virus yeah. can it catch. has the, the virus knows you get over 99 boom yeah it goes like wildfire you know what about this uh i, I said a third i don't know if that's accurate or not uh how many police officers what per, do you know what per, do either one of you guys know what percentage of I, the police i heard police the three, in chicago i heard the three thousand number from the union and the Chicago Police Officers Union. Yes. Okay. And it roughly represents a third. That's what I was talking about. Wow. San Francisco wow. is in a similar situation. A couple of days ago, um, a CBS station in San Francisco did a news story, and they said calls to San Francisco police, quote, will be left unanswered as cops are forced out of their jobs because of the shot mandates. That prompted uh, San Francisco-based attorney Harmeet Dillon. You've seen her on Fox News. She was on Tucker last night. She's on Newsmax a lot, too. And Harmeet said, how is this any different? You know, already they're having a problem because they're so inundated with all the homelessness and the crime um, that you're going to have a difficulty getting a cop. Mm. You know, there's a common denominator between all of these cities. What is that, Fred? Democrat mayors. Yeah. Forever. And Democrat, and Democrat mayor, City yeah. Council. New York City had Giuliani for a little while, but it's been a while. Yeah. No, you're right. That's common denominator. Yeah. All right, next story, Chris. Well, gents. by the way, folks, if you excuse me, Chris, mm-hmm. pardon me. Go ahead. Um, if you want to watch us on Facebook or YouTube, you can go to those sites and just type in today's issues, today's issues, and you can watch the live video stream of t- of our program on YouTube or Facebook. We also post the stories that we're discussing on our Facebook page, so that you can have access to where we get our information. Go yeah. ahead. Well, one of the things I've covered a lot over the years has been infrastructure and supply chain issues, and generally those are issues that kind of make your eyes glaze over. But uh, we're in a situation now where obviously you get a lot of empty store shelves. There are supply chain problems. People are talking about infrastructure. And yesterday, uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Circleback Saki was asked about the supply chain issues. And listen to this, if you've not heard the audio. The reporter mentions things that consumers can't get, including treadmills, and uh, Saki snarked back. Clip one. Uh, On the supply chain issue, um, actions that the president has taken, it it was clear in March of 2020, when COVID hit, that that the supply chains across the world have been disrupted. Even as, as the sort of work to fight back against COVID proceeded, People, it was it was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and and furniture and treadmills delivered on time. Not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is the tragedy it, of the short the treadmill that's delayed? Right, the tread right, the problem. The tragedy of the sh- treadmill that's delayed. This administration does not care 
about the problems that middle Americans and low-income Americans are experiencing at the stores. And I say that because just a few days ago, you had the White House Chief of Staff, a gentleman named Ron Klain, who referred to the problems that we're experiencing, we're all experiencing, as high-class problems. Well, she's a smarty, isn't she? (laughs) Smart aleck. Yes. And she probably did the little hair flip and the death stare as she said this. Right. Mm. Her life would be much better if... Uh, well, it'd be, it'd be a better roses if Peter Ducey wasn't there. Right. Fox yeah. News. Is he the only one that asks tough questions? Uh, or he's there, does she one get, of the only ones. There's a, there's a few others. Uh, you know what? Here's She was trying to <clears throat> deflect from giving the proper answer to this. And the proper answer is, he was asking a question. You knew about this supply chain problem months right. ago. Right. And here we are. It's only getting worse. Yeah. Where he was going with the question was, you say you've been working on this for months and things are getting worse. Yeah. She knew that and she wanted, so she, she threw in this treadmill. Pierre Deducey, you mentioned him, just a few minutes later asked a question about uh, the Biden administration is now flying these illegal immigrants all over the country late at night. And, and, he, and he said, how come you're doing it in the middle of the night? And uh, she said, we're not doing it in the middle of the night. And Ducey pipes up and says, two o'clock in the morning is the middle of the night. Right. And she just, she just smirks there. I mean, that's, that's the thing with her. She is, she is, she is part of the arrogance. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. Her answer right there was, uh, I want to hear that again because, you know, I guess we can all lose our patience at times. We can all get snarky, sure. maybe, uh, especially when we don't like the question being answered. Yes. But we're talking about our country, and I'm not necessarily blaming the Biden administration for this completely. Uh, they're not totally at fault for this. So that Dan Celia said yesterday, this a lot of this preceded the mm-hmm. Biden administration, This uh, what we're having happen with right. this supply chain. Uh, but when you sign up to be president of the United States, it's your job to solve it as much as possible. And he or, said he had a plan. He had a plan. He was going to, yeah. So, uh, so the question is, how are you going to deal with this? And her answer, just listen to this again. Uh, on the supply chain issue, yeah. um, actions that the president has taken, it, it was clear in March of 2020 when COVID hit that, that the supply chains across the world have been disrupted even as as the sort of work to fight back against COVID proceeded, people, it was, it was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and, and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is it- The tragedy of the short, the treadmill that's delayed. Right, the treadmill, the problem. Okay, that's not a good answer. Well, it's not a good answer, too, because under the Obama administration, which he worked for, the first lady was trying to get people to get up and be active and exercise. Listen, I've been waiting on my treadmill for two years, <laughs> and it's on some ship out there in the middle of the <laughs> yeah. Pacific. And I saved a lot of money that's on a the reason I can't exercise regularly yeah. is because I can't get. No, here, here we all, I think we all know what's. Uh, she doesn't want to answer the question. She doesn't want to take responsibility. She doesn't want to put any blame or fault or, uh, on her administration, uh, the Biden administration. So what she says is, uh, she's saying, so what? That's what she's saying. Mm -hmm. The supply chain is broken down. What are you doing to fix it? And she's saying, so people have to wait on their treadmill a few days. So, but her, 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 uh, 
intent of her answer is, I don't care, so what, big yep. deal. That's mm -hmm. what she's saying. It's not affecting anybody's lives. That's that's the answer you're getting from the White House. And I'm sure it's probably not affecting uh, people who work in the White House. Nope. They're, they're pretty catered to yep. uh, and pampered and have have access to all kind of uh, right. fringe benefits. Uh, all right, uh, so that's our Jen Psaki moment for <laughs> Today. This has been your Jinsaki yeah, moment. Your Jinsaki moment brought to you by some treadmill company. Yes. Walk on. That's huh? our walk on. That's our okay. catchphrase. All right. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday um, in passing, uh, but First Liberty <coughs> Institute uh, has been representing uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 40 Navy SEALs that are going to court to fight the shot mandate from President Biden. Uh, after uh, I put that story together using some of Mike Berry's comments on Fox and Friends, uh, I came to understand that Liberty Council actually filed a lawsuit uh, a little bit before First Liberty made headlines for their lawsuit. Uh, Mad Staver and company, or um, they filed a class action lawsuit uh, representing military service members, federal employees, civilian contractors, all of which are speaking out against the mandate. The uh, lawsuit has been filed in a federal court in Tampa because some of these military service members live in Tampa. I don't have any sound here to play Brent, but I want to make people aware because we're talking about the mandates, we're talking about supply chain issues and all these other things. But there's a big story here involving, you know, military members, some of which, probably all of which, have gotten shots for all kinds of things over the years and didn't have any problems with it. But this specific issue is a religious freedom issue or is being made into one because all these people say that they don't uh, want to get the shot if it has been used in some way, form, or fashion with aborted fetal st uh, stem cells. And that's one of the big stories that we've been covering at AFN.net. You hear it on the radio every once in a while. Uh, so, you know, First Liberty a couple of days ago, Liberty Council today, it's probably going to be another big uh, law firm tomorrow going to court. But this issue is not over, even if President Biden, Jen Psaki, or somebody else that uh, works for the administration says, you know, people are behind this and we're pushing for it, and you should too. I think it's going to go to the United States Supreme Court. This is where it's going to end up because you have at least 20 attorneys general across the country yeah. who are ready now to fight this in court. Uh, they are arguing openly that it is unconstitutional to, number one, force <clears throat> people to take a medical treatment, number two, also to fi basically fire them mm. if they do not take this. Uh, and in the case of military people, Joe Biden has floated out the idea that they would be dishonorably discharged. Yes. To be dishonorably discharged in the military right now, you basically have had to commit a crime. Mm -hmm. So he's equating to not taking the vaccine, a vaccination, and it's not a vaccine, it's a shot. Mm -hmm. uh, taking the shot has committing a crime. And that goes with you as you leave the military you got it on your resume that you're dishonorably discharged. So this is the kind of thinking, again, I go back, this is the kind of arrogance that we're seeing in this administration. But I do not think, I do not think this is going to get by the United States Supreme yeah. Court. Now, some people may be kind of confused and they think, well, wait a minute, the Supreme Court issued some sort of ruling yesterday on uh, health care workers in Maine. That doesn't shut the door on the issue. That was just Breyer. Right. Justice uh, Supreme Court Breyer, which oversees Maine and a few other states, uh, he denied what's called an emergency injunction yesterday pending appeal without prejudice on behalf of more than 2,000 Maine health care workers. 
Uh, he made clear the denial was, quote, without prejudice and that the request could be refiled if the First Circuit Court of Appeals denies relief or if the First Circuit does not rule by October 29th. So sometimes if the Supreme Court weighs in on something, it doesn't mean they're shutting the door on the issue. Case in point, um, a few weeks back, the Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett specifically said she was not going to uh, grant an emergency uh, temporary restraining order against the Texas Heartbeat Act. And that's why the administration is now still <clears throat> able to go to the Supreme Court to say, you should shut this down. Yeah, yeah, it's going, it uh, immediately, well, the, the, a lot of these cases are going to the Supreme Court. Should the uh, Biden-OSHA mandate, when is that supposed to take effect? Later could, this year. Yeah, it could be another 30 days or so. Yeah, whenever that takes effect, that will immediately go to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And I personally think they're going to say, the mandate's unconstitutional, but crazier things right. have happened. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, let's do this uh, real quick because we have uh, a big election uh, coming up in the state of Virginia where you've got Terry McAuliffe, a former governor, running against a Republican for the uh, seat or position as governor. And Terry McAuliffe has made a lot of headlines for a lot of things. Uh, but in this particular case, Fox News was big on this earlier today. Terry McAuliffe sat down with a local reporter from an ABC affiliate and uh, he got very angry with the reporter, and he uh, just basically abandoned the interview and told the reporter, you should have asked better questions. Clip five. I want paid sick days. I want family medical leave. Glenn Youngkin is against every one of those. He says election integrity is the number one issue. No, it isn't. Healthcare, COVID, education. And finally. Okay. All right, we're over. That's okay. it. That's it. Hey, I gave you extra time. Come on, man. You should have asked better questions. I think he might feel entitled. And he, he asked because he thinks he was governor, but he didn't do a good job. People shouldn't ask him hard questions. And these aren't that hard of questions. How are you going to fix our schools? And what are you going to do to make our community safe? I mean, these are questions I get every day. And I know I'm going to fix the schools. We had nearly 1,000 people last night. We were talking about it. And I know what we're going to do to make our community safe. And here's Terry McAuliffe, who won't even answer questions from a local reporter. I mean, he yells at sheriffs. He barks at people all the time. I think he's losing it because he knows this race is slipping away from him. That's the same Terry McAuliffe that last week made news for saying parents shouldn't be able to tell schools how to teach their kids. Yeah, I think that was a two or three weeks ago, actually, to be technical, Chris. But, uh, yeah, he, this, it's a gubernatorial race in Virginia is what it we're is. talking about mm -hmm. here. And McAuliffe, uh, he was former governor. You can only serve one term at a time. Right, and, based on how Virginia does its yeah, – uh, Yeah, so it's a very close race there in Virginia. And uh, McAuliffe, uh, his, he's getting – does sound like he's getting a little testy there. Yeah. He had Biden out to support him. Stacey Abrams made an appearance. They well, were all that's smiles. a winning ticket it right is. there. Get a guy with 37% approval rating uh, <laughs> to come out. Well, listen, Biden really needs him to win because this is being viewed as a precursor to what we might expect in the midterms next year. Thirty uh, In the uh, Quinnipiac, that, that, the Quinnipiac University survey, uh, which is a, as far as I know, a reputable uh, survey of, of current political events. They say just 37% of those who responded, Americans who re responded, say they approve of the job Biden's doing as president. Yeah. And 52% give him a thumbs down. Mm -hmm. So uh, Biden is a very unpopular president right now. Now things may change for him. You know, that, that things may change for him. Uh, but for right now, he's stuck in the mud.
And uh, I don't see how bringing him to Virginia, uh, which is just across the river from the Potomac, but uh, will help him, will help McAuliffe any at all. But uh, why did you say McAuliffe needs Biden or Biden needs McAuliffe? Uh, well, they're both Democrats. And for whatever reason, people think McAuliffe's success, uh, it will bring hope to the uh, administration's chances well, of getting the, more Democrats. Well, if the Republican elected. wins there in Virginia, that will be a bad sign for Democrats oh, yeah. going forward. We'll be back momentarily. Dr. Frank Turek is on the way. Hurricane Ida is one of the strongest hurricanes to hit Louisiana to date. Thousands are in need of hope and help, so 8 Days of Hope is headed to Louisiana to help them begin rebuilding their lives. If you're local to the area or if you can travel, you're very welcome to join. But if you can't do that, you're still able to help through your prayers and donations. To sign up as a volunteer or to donate, go to 8daysofhope.com. 8daysofhope.com. You know, when Matthew 19, the, the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, <laughs> marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Vicki Hansen of Bowling Green, Missouri is known around town for making fudge. It's something of a family tradition. On average, Mrs. Hansen makes around 42,000 pounds of fudge every year. Not for the family, but for American troops. It's a tradition that started with the women of the Hansen family during World War II. Her father served in the military, as did two of her children. Mrs. Hansen's fudge has been devoured by troops serving in 52 different countries. She tells television station WGEM the military needs to know they're appreciated and respected. She said they need to have hope, and nothing says hope like a box of homemade fudge, all made in her tiny kitchen with a cast-iron skillet shipped out using donated coolers and tin cans. An inspiration to all Americans, giving our soldiers and airmen and Marines and sailors a little taste of home. I'm Todd Starnes. In him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything by the counsel of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter 1, Verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues. That's the name of this here show on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. All right, so Dr. Frank Turek joins us from the uh, greater Charlotte area. Good morning, Frank. Gentlemen, how are you today? Well, we appreciate that. We are we consider ourselves gentlemen. <laughs> I'm working on it. And we're doing that great. To, that used to mean landowner, gentlemen. Oh, Did it no. really? It's changed its name. Yeah. I pay a bank to, for the land that I'm on, so I'm you not do. a landowner okay. yet. All right. You pay uh you don't own the property. Yeah. I'm on that uh you know, thirty year plan. I've got about uh let me think, three hundred and forty eight payments to go. <laughs> 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 but who's counting? <laughs> That's not a good way to look at it. Chris. Uh, you can get depressed if you look at it that way. All right. I have a question here submitted by a fellow by the name of Frank uh, from North Carolina who wants me to ask Frank from North Carolina. Who could that be? <laughs> the question, <laughs> question for the day is uh, where do rights come from? Where do rights come from? R-I-G-H-T-S. We hear all about rights mm-hmm. in the United States in particular. And, all right, Frank, go for it. Well, you remember this had to be three or four years ago. Chris Cuomo on CNN, the Communist News Network. Um, he, during some kind of one of his programs, was asked a question about this. And he said, rights come from government. Mm. Now, rights I remember come that. From, mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Rights come from government. Well, if rights come from government, they're not rights. They're preferences. And our, our Declaration of Independence puts it correctly. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men were created equal and endowed by their government. No, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it goes on to say, and governments were instituted among men to secure these rights. And the whole Declaration of Independence is about the fact that King George was not securing the God-given rights of the colonists, and that's why we were declaring our, our independence from, from King George and England. If King George were the one that gave us rights, then we would have no grounds by which to say he was, he was governing us immorally. So rights don't come from government. That would mean if the government changed, you would lose your rights. And, of course, they wouldn't be rights then. They would just be preferences. And so I thought it would be interesting to have a discussion about this because I hear so many people in our culture today saying they have a right to this, right? They have a right to abortion or they have a right to same-sex marriage or they have the right to, to the government paying for their transgender surgery or they have the right to the government to give them contraception. Where do these rights come from? If there's no God, there are no rights to anything. Everything's just a matter of opinion. Discuss amongst yourselves. Jeff. And, and our and, and our founding fathers under, understood that. That's why they wrote it down. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, expound on that. I mean, why? What was it about those group that group of men, our founding fathers, that they jointly held this view, uh, and that they decided to put it in in writing? For, for the world to see forever. Well, I think they had realized that 
in order for them to have moral justification for basically leaving the crown and establishing their own government here in America, in their own country, they had to appeal to something above both governments. They had to appeal to something beyond King George Mm -hmm. and beyond any other government. And what they appealed to was basically God's nature. And Jefferson and his cohorts realized that they didn't want to have a government founded on a particular denomination like they had in England. They were trying to get away from that kind of tyranny. On the other hand, they didn't want to have a government that had no way to ground rights. They didn't want to have a completely secular government, so they picked the perfect alternative, sort of right in the middle, where they said, we're going to have rights grounded in God, but we're not going to force you to be any part of any particular denomination. We're not going to say that you have to be a religious believer in order to have these rights. These rights come from God. They're grounded in God because we're made in God's image and he has given us certain rights, but you don't have to believe in God to have these rights. And you don't have to be a part of a church. You don't have to go to a particular service in order to have these rights. These rights are grounded in God. They're not grounded in government. And that's what makes our country unique. That's why, that's what American exceptionalism is. It's not saying that the people of America are exceptional. It's saying that the government of America, the founding documents of America are exceptional because they're grounding our rights in God without having religious intolerance or without having anything goes like a secular government would have. Whoever's in power gets to make the rules. No, that's, that's not the way it goes. Frank, what you're saying and, and people listening to you and people understand what you're saying, isn't that behind the growing concern that we have right now in this country with what the government is affording itself the right to do as far as controlling people and using the pandemic as an excuse to say who can go to church, who can go to a restaurant, uh, who can work for a government agency unless you do A, B, and C. That's why a lot of people are alarmed with what our governments at various places, including our federal government right now, in what they're trying to do. They're saying we have a right to control you to the point if you don't stick this needle in your arm, we're going to fire you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's... <laughs> They are, they are avoiding or at least stamping on the fact that people have certain rights when they come out with these unconstitutional mandates. We have a right not to have any sort of medicine put in our arms. We have a right to conscientious objections, and yet they're stamping on all that. It's, it's rather frightening, don't you think, that we have reached this point where we are electing governments that have this kind of agenda? frightening to me and and unfortunately uh what happens is the bigger the government the smaller the smaller the citizen as as uh dennis prager put it i think that's true Mm -hmm. you have this big overarching government's going to tell you everything to do and gonna just pounce on your rights or take your rights away and it's always for the greater good fred as you know it's always a greater good that that you need to usurp your individual rights for some sort of greater good well, where does that end? Hey, why does uh, connected to this discussion is you mentioned without God, uh, we there would be no America. Without the Bible, there would be no America. And the appeal by our founding fathers to human rights being based on, uh, you know, the existence of God and God, uh, 
God granting them, I guess you could say. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, the opposite of that is secularism, total mm-hmm. secularism, mm-hmm. Uh, atheism, if you will. Why is atheism directly connected to communism throughout history? Now that's an interesting question. That's why I'm here. Yeah, well, I'm pretty good. Seem, I mean, I'm, 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 I try to remain humble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's it's hard sometimes. But go ahead, Frank. Well, well Tim, I, I I heard you did have a new book coming out called Ten Steps to Humility and How I Made It in Seven. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Which is right? really humble of you, Tim, because yeah. I know you actually made it in six. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was good. Go. Ahead. What's the connection between communism and atheism? Well, it seems to me that communism has to assume that the government is supreme. Well, actually, socialism does, because communism technically means there's no government, that everybody lives in a commune. And if that's the case, then really no country in history has ever been purely communistic, because there's always been a government. But as you know, socialism means that the government has the means of production, that the government takes control, the government owns everything. And the idea was eventually you could turn a socialistic society where the government owns everything into a communist society where everybody just shared and you wouldn't need any government. It's kind of like defund the police on steroids, okay? Uh, and why is that associated with atheism? It, well, maybe it would seem to me because they want to do things that obviously are against natural law, and also, therefore, against biblical law as well, because natural law and biblical law come from the same source, God. They, they want to be God rather than God being God. The people in government, that is. Gotcha. All right, what's coming up this weekend? Do you know yet on your show, Cross-Examined? Yeah, this week we are going to have, uh, we're going to have Hillary Morgan Ferrer on for Ooh, the... Oh, you scared me there for a minute. <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you shouldn't We're have. We're going to have Hillary Rodham I would have led, led with the last name first right there instead of giving our listeners a panic. Go ahead. Well, Hillary, well, it's, it's, Tim, Hillary don't we have who? the right to have on whoever we want to have on? I mean, come on. That's uh, okay. your God-given right. That's right. That one. Go ahead. Well, but who, who are you having on? We are going to have on Hillary Morgan Ferrer, who wrote the book uh, called Mama Bear Apologetics. Well, there's a new book out called The Mama Bear Apologetics Guide to Sexuality, which is an excellent book. I'm reading through it right now. It goes to all the difficult issues regarding sexuality. And speaking of that, people who are involved, say, in the LGBTQ movement claim to have certain rights, Tim, don't they? Well, where do rights come from if there's no God? That's my question. Okay. Got it. All right, that's this weekend on Cross-Examined. Uh, you can also visit Frank's website, crossexamined.org. All right, Frank, take care, my friend. Thank you. Hey, great being with you guys. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, Frank, man, he's uh, such a valuable part of the Christian community in America with his ministry and his Amen. apologetics uh, teaching that he yeah. does and yeah. His bravery to go into universities. He, is, puts, he puts himself out there. Oh, yeah. He'll go his, on campus and he'll take uh, all comers yep. in the question. And uh, one of his most popular books is I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, mm-hmm. yeah. which has impacted thousands and thousands sure of has. people. I have a copy at home. All right, Chris, 
Well, let me mention so, this. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Supreme Court a minute ago and the mandate issue and whatnot. Uh, one of the stories it seems like we've been covering since I arrived here on campus has been the story of Joe Kennedy. That was the football coach there in Bremerton, Washington, mm-hmm. that was fired because he was praying after football games. Uh, you know, the school district said, hey, you shouldn't do this. It's going to be seen as a uh, school endorsement of prayer and whatnot. And he disobeyed because he said, no, I you know, disagree. I have the right to pray. And, and just so to be clear, to I just want folks to know what we're talking about is the coach here mm-hmm. at a high school in the state of Washington. He was going to the uh, midfield, mm-hmm. I think, post-game. Yes. Okay, the game is over, and he was going by himself, and he wasn't recruiting anybody to come with him, as I understand it. Yeah, some people did join him over the years. Right, they voluntarily, the kids voluntarily went with him to pray. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, he's a Christian and trying to be an influence on kids' lives, but he wasn't forcing or compelling those kids to come and participate with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But nonetheless, the... uh, I don't know, it was the Freedom From Religion people or that's an organization? One of them. Yeah. So, but anyway, what's the latest on him? Well, the uh, the update with this story is First Liberty has now gone back to the Supreme Court to try to hear his case and say that he should not have been fired, that the school district was wrong. There have been lower courts that actually sided with the school district for his termination. The update with this story is uh, now former Vice President Mike Pence, uh, Coach Tommy Bowden, NFL Hall of Famer and three-time Super Bowl winner and a few others. Uh, U.S. Senator. Yes. Uh, uh, Tuberville. Yes. Uh, Tuberville has sided with that. Uh, Steve Largent, Chad Hennings. A lot of people are, are, have filed what's called a friend of the court brief urging the Supreme Court to take up this case. It's interesting uh, that I mentioned Coach Tommy Bowden. His father, the late Bobby Bowden, was part of an effort to try to get the court to hear this previously. Okay, my apologies. I misunderstood you. Uh, did you also say that Senator Tuberville, or would you talk about Bobby? You talking about Bowden, the son of Bobby Bowden, one of the sons of Bobby. Correct, Bowden. Coach Tommy Bowden, the son of Tommy Bobby Bowden, Bowden, the former Clemson coach. I think Tuberville also is asking the Supreme Court okay, to take gotcha. this case up. All right, next story. Well, uh, I do want to mention this real quick. I had some audio with uh, Jeremy Dice that I'm going to be working on after the show, so stay tuned later today, and you can hear. Um, folks talk about that uh let's let's work this in uh because we've mentioned a little bit about the reconciliation bill this is that big behemoth bill better be good chris well man you mentioned that word i'm out it's gonna mention it's Uh, gonna affect everybody Uh, you better have some juicy stuff right here in the behemoth bill that joe biden and some Mm -hmm, democrats mm -hmm. want to throw everything but the kitchen sink into 15 seconds one of the ways (laughs) they want to do that is to find ways to uh tax you more or maybe limit how much you can uh, save for retirement. If you are not aware of this, the reconciliation bill as of right now includes language that would allow you to only put so much into your retirement savings, your Roth IRA, your regular IRA, whatever it may be, up to somewhere around $5 million. And the well, argument I, is... I, I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> I don't think any of us here have to worry about this proposal. Well, the argument is uh, from uh, Joe Biden and Democrats that support this is that we don't want people to be too wealthy because we have that big so-called wealth gap where people who worked and saved early, which is what we all should do, uh, 
they're going to be too right. rich at some point in the future. And so a group called Taxpayers Protection Alliance has launched what they're calling the Don't Touch My IRA campaign, mm-hmm. trying to get them to remove this from the reconciliation bill because, as TPA President David Williams told me yesterday, it is un-American to tell somebody you cannot save the money you earned to put into your retirement account. I agree with him. Uh, is it? But that's a part of the uh, – the, the, is this the big – 3.5 boondoggle. Which is now somewhere around $2.2 trillion based on Biden's supposed meeting with Christian Cinema, Joe Manchin, and other people that have concerns about this. Either way, the Biden administration wants to look into your well, that's bank the way, account. That's the way liberals all are. Yeah. That's the way they operate. You know, the they, IRS. The more, the more money they can tax, the more regulations they can have, that's that's what they live for. Yeah. They get up for every morning. It's, um, it's very... It's very yeah. scary. Yeah. Hey, I want to get back for just a moment okay. to this uh, poll I mentioned earlier in the hour because it was it's it's even worse than than if you believe this poll. Okay, I'll just say that because it's just one survey, just one poll. But uh, how you pronounce this school, Fred? Quinnipiac. Oh. Sorry. Can you spell it, Fred? If you if you spell it, Fred, one first time I got okay. L- lunch, I, I, lunch is on me. You go. Q U I N N P I A C. No, you. No, missed, I missed one. You missed a. You missed a vowel. I missed an A. You need to call Vanna. Put A in between. You know, our no. alma mater played Quinnipiac in baseball last year, Tim. After uh, the game, the baseball team went out and pulled all the fans. But yes. <laughs> no, it's actually spelled. You got close, Fred. Close enough. But. Uh, I mean, outcome-based spelling, uh, I'd have given you a hundred. Okay. Uh, but Q-U-I-N-N-I-P. I-P. I-A-C. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> uh, only 37% of Americans questioned say they approve of the job Biden is doing as president, mm-hmm. with 52% giving him a thumbs down. And, and that is consistent with other polls. Adding to... Biden, this is according to Fox News, adding to Biden's political peril, they say, mm-hmm. just 28% of registered independents gave the president yes. a thumbs up on his job performance, while 56% did not. What what's, jumps out at me right there uh, is that these are independents, mm-hmm. and they they haven't weighed in with an indifference. In other words, uh, an ambivalence, a... Uh, I don't really care. I don't really have a strong opinion on this. No, 56% of independents in this country mm-hmm. uh, say they are uh, they're not happy with the performance of the Biden administration so far. Well, well you look look at what Joe Biden has not accomplished uh, in, what, nine months, ten months since he came to office. Our southern border is a disaster. Even Democrats who represent districts in the southern border, say it's a total disaster. The latest It's figure, a planned disaster, but it's yes. a disaster yeah. politically. The latest yeah. figures they just announced this morning was that 1.7 million have been, have been arrested. Right? Have been arrested that's, since Joe Biden became president. That, that's, that, yes. He, he, what Biden and Harris have done is they just opened up our borders on the south and said yeah, everybody can come in. And that's that's what's going on here. It's a total disaster. Afghanistan. Right. Withdrawal. Total disaster. Oh, there is nothing okay. good that okay. happened in Afghanistan. So you're saying you're you're giving the issues that have led to his abysmal numbers. Yes. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And now the economy's 
is is going into the tank. You Look, mean, gasoline prices. Okay. Look what's happening, gasoline prices. People understand it doesn't matter what Jen Psaki says. It doesn't matter how many times Biden comes right. out, refuses to take questions. People who live in the real world are seeing the disasters. Also, uh, being president is often like being a quarterback. You get too much credit and you get too much blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the case of the supply chain breakdown in America, which we're seeing manifest itself, all of us are seeing this now more and more and more. And if it gets worse, it's going to get painful for a lot of people. It already is for a lot of businesses. But let me just say this. When you're the president of the United States, and this is happening in your country, it doesn't matter politically if you say, well, this started two years ago before I was president. Okay. That's what, that's not really, Americans really don't buy that excuse on issues. They say, well, what are you doing to fix the problem? Not, 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 not why does the problem, uh, or to say the problem preceded me. And uh, so if the supply chain crisis continues to get worse, then Biden is going to be blamed even more for not doing anything enough, at least to, and I don't know if he can. Uh, but I'm just saying that's what back to my quarterback metaphor. I don't know how much a president can do, but uh, it doesn't matter. Americans still say uh, if the supply chain is broke down, they're going to say, "Well, we have a leader. What is he doing to fix it?" Even even if you can fix this supply chain problem, even if tomorrow all the longshoremen go to work 24 hours a day and they start emptying these containers and get delivered. Mm-hmm. You still have the problem, and, and people don't understand, when we talk about gasoline prices, it's not just when you go fill up your vehicle. Right. These gasoline prices are also affecting the trucks that bring the goods to your grocery That's store. Which we have a shortage of drivers so for, yeah. everything, all the prices are going up. The winter is just starting. We have, uh, if you know, natural gas prices are going up, to heat your house, it's going they to cost are? a whole lot more. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Everything is going up. I didn't, I didn't know up. that. I hadn't felt that one yet. Natural gas prices are going up. You got at the pump. Oil prices are going up because what did Joe Biden do first day? End of Keystone. Oh, yeah. He's trying to crush the uh, oil and natural gas industry yeah. in the coal industry. Another thing, another thing uh, just related to that, I went the other day and got a couple of uh, propane tanks. Mm-hmm. You know, the small ones you grill with. I don't yeah. grill with them. I I use them to warm myself on my patio during yes. uh, during cool nights. So that's but, what you're doing outside. <laughs> well, I enjoy, Allison, my wife, and I, we enjoy the great outdoors, uh-huh. which is our patio. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, so went to get a couple of propane tanks, Phil. Last year, what would have cost, what, what did cost me maybe for two tanks, maybe 25 bucks or something like that, was 40 yep. Yeah. Forty. Yeah. I mean, elite propane. Is that a natural gas? Mm-hmm. It is. Isn't it's a it? derivative. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of people use propane mm-hmm. to heat their homes in the winter. Yeah. And I'm t- I'm just telling you that was up a third. Yeah. Uh, that was up a third. So to add to your point about energy. Yes. Uh, going up. Yeah. And these are ne- these are basically necessities of life. You're sure. talking about these aren't luxuries. Yeah. That's right. So, and that's $15 you didn't spend on a sandwich or some other business here in town. 
which means the local economy yeah. is not getting what it needs. Yeah. So, uh, like I say, we're heading into the so. winter on this. People are going to feel the impact. At the same time, Joe Biden is out there saying, uh, I want to curtail the use of gasoline and oil products even more because yeah. of his green plan. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna hurt the Democrats even more. Oh, yes. Their their war on fossil fuels. Yes. Um and you remember when Biden Biden shut down the Keystone pipeline, crushing how many thousands of jobs? Yes. And uh and that that was a significant blow to uh, independence, or, uh, energy independence for the United States of right. America. Yes. And it helped with Canada, our partner there. Mm-hmm. But after stopping, the, Biden stopped the Keystone Pipeline. And what was it, a few weeks later, he's begging the Saudis yes. to increase oil production? Yes. Huh? And he's approving, he's, he's giving Putin a thumbs up on one of their big uh, uh, gasoline pipelines. Into right? Germany, yeah. yeah. Into Germany. So is that does that make any sense to anybody? No. Why would you war on your own country uh, and then uh, and then uh, beg beg uh, the Saudis uh, OPEC to hey we, can you please pump more oil so that our prices don't go up on our gasoline in America? Well, what so, kind of sense does that make? Well, it's the difference between left wing ideology and reality. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, we cannot exist with oil, oil, oil and gas. No. We can't exist no. without that. No. And we have lots of it. Right. And <clears throat> uh, I don't believe that we have man-made global warming. That's right. We may have global warming, but it, it, it's not man-made. No, it's not. Huh? No. It's not man-made. And furthermore, and I, do I have time for furthermore? I think You're I the have president. time for furthermore. <laughs> well, the music's even going to stop for me, Chris. <laughs> I've just used seven seconds. Uh, furthermore, <laughs> furthermore, uh, if you want to look at the world's leading per, uh, polluters, it's China and India. Yes. It's not the United States or Canada nope. or, or Mexico. It's 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 uh, China and India. And we can't do anything to stop them. So whatever you may do in the United States is not going to affect man-made, quote, global warming at all. We'll be back momentarily. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.